Well, life is busy, y'all. All right? I mean, is life busy or what? I ain't got to tell you this. I mean, I watch some of you guys on social media. I like social media stalk you. You know what I'm saying? And I, I get tired just trying to keep up with your feeds. I mean, it's nuts what all that you have going on. I mean, life is just crazy busy. And we say it from time to time that for a lot of you, that the 30 or 35 minutes that you actually get to sit still in one of our padded seats at our locations during a message, it is like the longest that you sit still uninterrupted time throughout your entire week. And uh, I just got to tell you, we know it's true because, I don't know if you know this or not, but we got security cameras all through this building. And um, we see you falling asleep during those 30 to 35 minutes, right? Yeah, at both of our locations, it happens almost every single week. And here's what you don't know is that on Monday, we actually get an email with your mugshot of you, like, <laughs> drooling down your face. Nah, we really don't. Or maybe we do. So I don't know. Just to be safe, you better not fall asleep today. Um, but we know that life is busy, and it's definitely true for some of you. This is the longest that you sit still. So in order to give you back a little bit more time to sit still this morning, Pastor Jonathan's given me permission to speak for about an hour and a half, so just go ahead and get comfortable this morning. Uh, we realize that life is busy. There is only so many hours in the day. There's only so many days in the week, and you and I fill our schedules to the brim. And we say things like, oh, it's just a busy season. Anybody else ever said that? Oh, it's just a busy season at work. You know, once, once I get through with this project, you know, things will calm down a little bit. And, you know, if we can just get through this quarter at work, and things will seem to calm down. And then there's, like, the kids, right? I mean, life is busy with their school. If you're a middle school, high school student here today, then you know life is busy for you as well. We say, if I could just get through this semester, it's just a busy season, and Lord, help us. Like the holidays are right around the corner. And we know that the holiday season is busy as well. And here's what I know is that what happens is that the busy seasons just seem to roll right into the next busy season. Anybody else feel that way? Yeah, from time to time, it just feels that way. Life is busy. We fill our schedules with all kinds of things. And here's what I know about me, and it's most likely true if you're willing to admit it, that sometimes the busyness of life that we create and we allow ourselves to do, it's because we see what other people have and we go, well, I guess we should put in a little bit more. Uh, you know, I should put in a few more hours at work. That person, they got a promotion again and I feel like everybody's just kind of leaving me behind. And we see what other people's kids are doing. They're playing all these sports and we're like, in the name of our kids being well-rounded, we sign them up for something else, Right? And we sign them up for this and that, and we go through these seasons of like, oh my goodness. And sometimes it feels like we're just surviving. And here's what I know is true, and I want you to understand, that sometimes the busy seasons that we allow ourselves to go through, they can distract us from what God has in front of us right now for today. Right now for today. 
So today we are wrapping up this series called The Perfect Family. And I want to take a second just to welcome all those who are joining us online, joining us at our Kernersville location, and everyone here at our Oak Ridge location as well. So this Perfect Family series that we've been doing over the last five weeks we have really all learned that there's no such thing really as a perfect family, right? I mean, I know you want people to think that. You know, we post the good stuff, you know, on social media. We don't want nobody to know. But deep down, we all know there's no such thing as really as a perfect family. Um, but what we've been learning through this series is that there are things, there are guidelines, there's principles that we can actually put in place in our families and in our environments with our relationships that can help us actually have healthier relationships. We can create environments in our home that actually allows for our marriages to thrive, for our relationships with our kids to get better. And we've been learning a lot of these principles throughout these five weeks. Now, here's why this whole busyness conversation plays into this. You know this to be true, is that it's almost impossible for our families and for our relationships to get healthy on a steady diet of busyness and a steady diet of hurry. Everybody agree with me on that? I mean, it's almost impossible. I mean, you know this to be true with other parts of our lives. Think about it from this standpoint. It's impossible for you to physically get healthy on a steady diet of hurry as well. It's impossible for us to physically get healthy in a hurry. I mean, imagine this. If I told you that there was a, a gym membership that you could pay for somewhere in the triad, and if you would just be willing to commit one hour out of your day for four days a week, so that's roughly like four hours a week. Everybody can do that, right? And if you would just commit to one month to go to this gym, and at the end of the month, you could be as physically healthy as you wanted to be. You could lose all the weight that you wanted to lose. And at the end of the month, you could just walk away. How much money would you be willing to pay for that gym membership? Like thousands of dollars, right? But see, we know that's not true. That's not accurate. You just can't get physically healthy in a hurry. And see, the same is true for our relationships. It's almost impossible for you and I to get healthy in our relationships on a steady diet of hurry. Because if you're like me, the busier that I get, the fuller my schedule seems to get with everything going on. And let's just be honest, sometimes they're good things. Sometimes we fill our schedule with good things. But the more and the more things that I have to do and the busier my schedule gets, my family seems to just get the leftovers. My family seems to get the worst of Andy. I can be more short-tempered. I can be more moody, if I'm being honest. And I don't have the attention to give my families the time that they need. And so what happens is we go into this survival mode. You know what I'm saying? Like we say things like, well, if we can just survive this season, we have a vacation coming in like three months from now, and we're just going to push through until we get to vacation. And when we get to vacation, we'll just kind of reconnect with our kids, right? So we survive until then. But if I can just level the playing field for all of us this morning, I am not the victim of my schedule. And you're not the victim of your schedule either. You see, the truth is, is that we get a say in the busy lives that we create. You and I get to decide just how busy that we are going to allow our schedules to be. 
Now, here's what I know is true, is that you're here today because we're doing this perfect family series, and even though you know you don't have a perfect family, you're here because you want to learn some principles on how to make your family healthier. You want to learn some guidelines for us to be able to create environments for our relationships to be able to thrive. But how do we do that? Because we all have the schedule. We all have things to do. We all only have so many hours in a day. There's only so many days in a week. So how do we create what we want, which is a pace and much less of a race? How do we create a pace that our families can be able to survive and to be healthy? And what does God's Word have to say that we can learn from that? Well, here's what we read in Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. I mean, what, what does this mean, number our days? I think what it means is that we must decide that we're going to make our days count. Or maybe even further is that numbering our days means that our days are numbered. You see, you and I are only going to get so many days in our life, and we need to make sure that we make them count. This is what numbering them means. It means that we quantify them and that we, we prioritize the days that God has allowed for you and I to have. It means that our days are actually numbered. So I think the question, if we think about it through this lens, that we should think through is, in the end, what do we really want to matter? When it comes to the days and how we prioritize our days and how we fit into our schedules. In other words, what is going to be our goal, knowing that our days are numbered? What is your goal? You see, if, if your goal is to have a certain amount of money in the bank account, and man, if your goal is to have that house that you always dreamed about, and if your goal is for you to drive a certain car, or your goal is for you to get that promotion at work, and you want to reach the, the corner office, you know, not that that really exists anymore, I don't think. But if that's your goal, or if your goal is for your kids to participate in every single thing that's possible, for them to have the top GPA so that every university and college recognizes them, but we all realize that there's only one important one, that's Wake Forest um, University. <laughs> yeah, if, if that is your goal, then it's possible that a busy schedule will help you get to that goal. It's possible that just keeping your schedule full of all of these things and chasing after the next and the more will help you reach that goal. But if I can just shoot straight with you for a moment, because of what I do, I'm there a lot of the times when people's days are running out. I'm there a lot of the time as the pastor you know, gets called in like, hey, they only have a few days left. And I can tell you that if that's your goal, man, that's not what most people talk about when their days run out. In fact, when I preach funerals, those things are just a little mentioned. It is such a, just a blimp in the radar of the funeral. You know what I'm going to tell you. What really matters in the end when our days, our number of days runs out is our relationships. See, that's where the majority of the conversations go when the days start to run out. It's like, man, I wish that I would have just had more time with so-and-so. No one ever says, man, I just wish that I'd had a little bit more money in the bank account. 
No one ever says that. They always talk about the relationships and the impact that they had on other people. Those are the things that are going to count in the end. So with that in mind, here's the question that I want us to talk about today for the rest of our time. Is how can we create a pace today that can help us begin with the end in mind? How can you and I set a pace? Life is more about a pace than it is a race. How can we make our schedules out to run a pace that helps us begin with the end in mind in order for us to value the relationships? Because that is going to be what our goal is at the end of our days. You notice that this P word is, looks a little bit different. I don't, I don't normally do this, but what I want to do here today is I want to give you an acronym that I hope that's going to help give you some guidelines to be able to remember what we talk about. So what we're going to do is we're going to break these down into each of these letters. So P, we're going to say that we are going to choose to prioritize the things that God cares about. We're going to choose to prioritize our relationship with our Heavenly Father, and we're going to choose to prioritize the things that God actually cares about. We're going to get to know Jesus' ways, and we're going to choose to love the way that Jesus loves. See, what this means for us is that we're going to make the main thing the main thing. We're going to seek God's kingdom first. In fact, Matthew records Jesus saying it like this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Now, I want to make sure you didn't miss this. Look at this. Seek the kingdom of God above what? All else. What does all exclude? Nothing. Seek the kingdom of God before our busy schedule. Seek the kingdom of God before that promotion at work. Seek the kingdom of God before all of these things that we sign up our kids to participate in. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else. And he says with a promise that when we do and we choose to live out his ways, that he will give us everything that you need. You see, this is so counterculture from everything that we hear today in our lives is that what you hear and what I hear is that in order for you to be able to have everything that you need and everything that you want, that you must seek after you. You must put you first. You must think about what's best for me all the time, and i got to look after my needs and my wants. But, see, that, that goes against what Jesus is saying here. He says to seek out his kingdom first. Paul reminds us in Romans 12, too, that we should not be transformed by the world, but be transformed by God's ways. That we should seek out our relationship with our Heavenly Father first and foremost. Now, you would think I'm better at this because I'm a pastor, right? I mean, my job is to seek the kingdom of God. And I, and I, I do my best, right? But if, if I can just be honest with you, and I think if you're willing to be honest with yourself, see, when we have busy schedules and we just feel like we're running this rat race from one thing to the next, the first thing that seems to get pushed on the back burner is my relationship with God. Now, I'm not talking about doing things for God, doing things for the church, but I'm talking about my personal relationship with my Heavenly Father, with my Savior, See, the busy things in life can even distract me from my relationship with God. So let me ask you, how are you doing with that? 
How are you doing with prioritizing and seeking the kingdom of God first in your schedules? Does your schedule reflect your relationship and you prioritizing your relationship with God? Do you choose to schedule time for you to pray and have a quiet time and to listen to what God wants to say to you? Are you prioritizing time to pray and then open God's word and allow him to speak to you through his word? Are you choosing to prioritize other godly relationships where you get out of the rows that we're in and you join a circle of a group of people that you can encourage and pray for and have other people pour into your life as well? If not, that's why you should get into a small group at the summit. See, we must seek out the kingdom of God. In order for you and I to run a pace that is healthy for our families, the first thing is that we should prioritize our relationship with our Heavenly Father. A. When we think about running the pace that helps us create the best environments for our home and for our families, A means attention. Who or what are you giving your attention to right now in this moment? Who or what are you giving your attention to? Here's what I know about you. Here's what I know about me. Every single day we get up and we give our attention to something or to someone. Who are you giving it to? Are you filling your schedule and your calendar with what you're planning for the next day and the next week and the next month? And you're missing out on what God has right in front of you and who you need to be giving your attention to right now? Here's what Scripture tells us. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not even know what a day may bring. What he's saying is that we are not promised tomorrow. Should that, does that mean we shouldn't make out a schedule? We shouldn't calendar out things? No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if we allow those things to become the focus of everything in our lives, then we're going to miss out on what we have today. Because you're not promised tomorrow. I'm not promised tomorrow. Our days are numbered. Who or what needs our attention right now? Proverbs 16.9 says that we make our plans, we make our schedules, but as a Christ follower, we choose to let the Lord direct our steps. How are you doing with that? Is your schedule so firm and so concrete that we don't have room for God's Spirit to move? Sometimes I feel like God looks at my schedule and he's like, yeah, I don't really see anywhere in there for me, so just let me know. Like when you think it's okay, like, you know, to show you what you need to give your attention to today. Who or what needs my attention today? Let me tell you what I feel like this looks like for all of us. Is that there are going to be times in our life in order to give the attention to who actually needs it in the moment. There's going to be times that we actually need to say no to good things in order to say yes to God's best There's going to be times in your life that you're actually going to need to say no to some good things. It may mean that you need to say no to maybe your promotion at work because if you're being honest, you're thinking, if I do that, then I may not be able to give the the attention that my kids need. I may not be able to give my spouse the attention that they need. Now, is, is a promotion a good thing? Absolutely. It'd be fantastic. We all would love to get that, right? There's even going to be times, wait for this one, you ready? There may be times that you need to say no to something at church. What? The pastor just gave us permission not to serve next week at Big Serve. I heard him. 
No, I did not. We're giving you next week off from coming here so that you can go and serve. But it may be true that there are going to be times that you need to say no to even good things, godly things, in order to be able to say yes to God's best. Parents in the room, let me, if I can just speak to you just for a moment. There are going to be seasons in your life as a parent that you may need to say no to something just for a season in order for you to be able to give the attention that your kids desperately need for you to give them. Because here's what I know about our kids, and this is true for mine as well, is our kids need our attention. Your kids need your attention. And there is no one more qualified to give your kids the attention they need than you. And if we don't give them the attention that they need, I can promise you someone else will. Or something else will. And we will wake up one day going, how do we get here? I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. What went wrong? Well, maybe it's because we weren't giving them the attention that they needed. Because we were saying yes to other things that God was like, ah, I'm not sure. You may need to say no to something for a season. It doesn't mean forever. Let me tell you what this looked like for me and Stephanie. There was a time when our girls were small that we chose to say no to a dual-income household because we felt like it was the right thing for our family. Now, that's not for everybody, but for us, we decided we were going to put that on pause. Now, my wife now works, and the dual-income thing is, is pretty cool, but we said no to something for a season. Hear me say this. Everybody listen, like, as a parent, please don't give up what is unique to you for something that someone else can do. Don't give up what is unique to you as a parent. Don't give up what is unique to you as a spouse for something that someone else can do. See, we need to give our attention to the right people. Who or what do you need to be giving your attention to right now? We are not promised tomorrow. See stands for contentment. Contentment. See, I think if, if we're willing to admit it, that the busyness that we all feel so many times is because we don't truly understand this word. And if I can just be honest, I'm preaching to myself probably more than I am y'all. This is something that I struggle with personally. We're going to define contentment as that I have enough for today. Okay? I have enough for today. It's choosing that we are going to be content in where God has us today. Look at what Paul says when he says, when he talks about contentment. Paul writes, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed, or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Everybody's heard that verse, right? I mean, it's like top five quotable verses for the Christian life, right? We tattoo it on our faces and we step up to the plate thinking, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Home run time, baby, let's go. It's like this huge motivational verse for us. But see, if, if we're being honest, a lot of times this verse gets taken out of context. That's not what Paul was saying. 
So what he was saying is that in every circumstance, in every situation, I can be content because of who I am in Christ. Paul was saying, listen, I have experienced all of it. I've been on both sides of the fence. I have experienced the good times in life. I have experienced the bad times in life. There has been times that I have been well fed. I've had everything that I wanted. And there's been times that I've actually been hungry. There's been times that I've been imprisoned. There's been times that I've been shipwrecked. There's been times that I have been free. He's saying that in all situations, I have learned to be content because of who I am in Christ. How are we doing with this contentment thing? Are we being content because of who we are in Christ? Or are we just chasing after the next thing, the more, the next best thing for our lives? See, don't let other people's frantic schedules and don't let culture decide what your schedule is going to look like. Don't let other people's frantic schedules determine the pace that you are going to run. Let's get better at finding out what contentment looks like in our life, that we have enough today because of who we are in Christ. And last but not least, he's going to stand for evaluate. Now, you may be thinking, like, well, the other ones I get, but evaluate? Like, where, where where are you coming from for that one, Andy? Here's what I know is true for you and for me is that if we don't evaluate and reevaluate how we are doing with things, then you and I are just going to drift back to where we were. So how, how are we doing with this whole thing? With, are we prioritizing our relationship with God? We evaluate how, how am I, who am I giving my attention to? What am I currently giving my attention to? And who do I need to be giving my attention to? How am I doing with this whole contentment thing? That's why it's important for us to evaluate. How do I know this is true for you, that you're going to drift back into complexity? I mean, you may even be really good at this. You may make it through the entire week, and you may do really well with this. But the reason I know that eventually we're all going to naturally drift back to complexity and drift back to busyness is because back in 2020, you guys remember the dumpster fire year? Yeah. You remember when everything shut down for a season? Restaurants closed. Unless you was an essential employee, you had to stay at home, and we all had to live with our teenagers for... Anyway, that was good. It was awesome. But you guys remember, in the midst of all that, maybe it was a little bit hard at first. But over time, what happened? We found a rhythm. And I was like, man, you know, this is not so bad. I kind of like this. I kind of like that we don't have to be somewhere every night. I'm kind of glad that the schedule is a little bit like, ah, there's nothing going on there. That's pretty cool. I kind of like that I'm at home with my family more. I'm kind of glad that I get to give my kids and my wife the attention that they deserve. And I remember saying, and I heard all of you say it as well, that I hope that when things kind of go back to normal and things open back up and I can start going back into work, I hope that we don't just go back to the busyness. How are you doing with that? I ain't doing so good. In fact, I would tell you I'm probably busier now than I was before the pandemic. My schedule is fuller now than I was before the pandemic. Because we just drift right back into complexity, into busyness. 
So in order for us to run the pace that we want, in order for us to, our families to succeed, we're going to commit to evaluating how we're doing with this. I want to go back to the verse that we start with, started with. It says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You see, you only have so many hours. You only have so many days. There's only so many days in a week. And eventually, your days are going to run out. And my days are going to run out. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? <laughs> but we must decide today what we're going to do with every single day that we have. Because here's what I know is true. Is that if you knew how many days you had left, I can promise you, you wouldn't choose to speed up the pace. We would choose to slow it down. If you knew how many days you had left, you would get really intentional about each day. You get really intentional about who you're giving your attention to. You get really intentional about prioritizing your relationship with your Savior. We would figure out this whole contentment thing because what other choice would we have? Now, here's, I want to make it very personal for me. There's this thing called the Parent Q app. You may have this. It goes along with our orange curriculum that we use. And the Parent Q app, if you go into it and you have kids, it will ask you for your kid's birthday. And if you choose to put your kid's birthday in there, it calculates and it lets you know exactly how many weeks you have left with your child before they go to college. Some of you are like, I don't want to know that number. Wow, that's sick. Let me tell you why it's important to know that number. Is because it will cause you to get intentional about the weeks that we have left with our kids. And for my girls, Carrington, who is 13, I started with around 950 weeks. I now have 254 left with Carrington. With Kaylee, we're down to 149 weeks left with Carrington before she goes to college. And as a dad, I have to go, man, I have to make the most of this. I have three summers left with my baby girl before she goes to college. I need to get very intentional about the attention that I'm giving her. No one can give Kaylee and Carrington the attention that they need like their daddy or their mother. And the same is true for you. So let's decide as a church that we are going to run a pace that allows us to put the value on our relationships that our relationships deserve. So how do we do this? I want to give you some homework. Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to choose to sit down with someone, someone that you know is going to be honest with you, someone that you know that you can be honest with. If you're married, this needs to be your spouse. If you have like this best friend that you just know, they'll tell me the truth. I want you to sit down with them and I want you to ask a series of questions. As you think about knowing that your days are numbered, the first question I want you to ask is, what is my goal? What is my goal with the days that I have left? Knowing that your days are numbered. And then when you have the answer to that question, I want the answer to that question to kind of lay out how you answer the following questions. What are you prioritizing? Really? Are you, does your schedule reflect that you prioritize the real relationship with God, your Heavenly Father, your Savior, 
Who are you giving your attention to? How are you doing with this contentment thing? And then the last question is, when are you going to choose to evaluate this again? When are you going to come back and evaluate and reevaluate how you're doing with this? How are you going to, when are you going to have another conversation with this person that just told you what you needed to hear? It may even hold you accountable to those things. I can tell you that Stephanie's already holding me accountable to these things. Because as I was prepping for this message, man, God has just been tearing me up. It's gotten really real for me. So let's choose as a church, as Christ followers, to run the pace that allows our families to get what they deserve. Father, this morning, I thank you so much for this series, God. I thank you for that the truth is, is that none of us are perfect. But God, we're all here because we want to get better. Father, we want our families to be better. We want our relationships to be better. God, we want to prioritize our, our relationship with you, God. We want to give the attention to our kids and to our spouses that they need. And Father, help us to learn from the words of Paul of what it means to be content in who we are in you, not in our situation, not in our stuff, not in all those things that the world says that we need. But Father, help us to be content in who we are in you. And God, I pray that every single one of us would be willing to have that conversation this week and to be honest about the changes that we need to make in our lives and in our schedules. And that starts with me, Father. Help Stephanie and I do this better. Help us to prioritize better our relationship and our schedules so that our families can be healthy. We love you and we thank you for your help and your grace through it all. In Jesus' name, amen.